<laughs> Paul from 1188, hello. Another movie review tonight. And we are going to be talking about Blade Runner 982, the original. Now, for anyone that's interested, we are going to be talking about the final cut tonight. I know there's like 500 versions of this film for some reason, I don't know why. Some ambiguous reasons. Pretty much like this film, really. Very ambiguous. Tonight, I'm joined by the usual, the loyal, the ever-living Mumra. No, it's... it's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that came from. Mumra, the ever-living. I haven't thought about him for ages. Thank you very much. Dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the introduction. Thanks, Paul. How are things <laughs> with you, mate? You all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm all right. I'm good. And this film's left a bit of an impression on me, actually. I'm, um, oh, sort of stuck in my head a little bit. I'm thinking about it on and off all day today. You know what? I'm really happy that I've had some effects on here after about 25 or 28 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got, um, Jack with us. We haven't seen Jack for a little while. Uh, obviously, picked a, Hi, Jack. A, f- a film that he appreciates. Uh, he's, he's already been pumping the comments out. Plenty of facts in here that help us along with the review. Yeah, there's yeah. quite a few here. Started at 10 to 7, almost an hour early, Jack. Jesus, mate. Anyway. You um, muscle off this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tonight's review is brought to you by Glenn Morangi. It's, uh, I don't know how you, how you say that, Mill Sean, Mill Scene Private Edition. Is that the yeah. one uh, that is a uh, licorice flavour? No. Or raspberry or something? It's a sherry cask brew, so oh, okay. um, it should be quite tasty. I mean, it's been a while since I've had this. Um, Did you get that I... when you were last down this way? Yes. We up, oh, yeah, I'll keep on forgetting. I was going to say down south, but to you, we're up north. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're up country, according to up country, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I think that bottle cost me about 80 quid when I bought it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you bought two of those, I remember. I think nah, you drank one of them, one. and that was the second, second, that was the second one. <sighs> yeah, anyway. So, anyway, yeah. Blade Runner. Um, right, so I watched this film for the first time a number of years ago. Yeah, yeah, in adulthood, I watched this film for the first time. I wasn't really that bothered by it, you know. It was kind of on, and I lost interest, and I got a bit bored. And you know, you know how things are. You end up sitting yeah. on the tablet or the phone, just dicking about looking at stuff. And um, it, it's kind of passed me by. And I thought, what was, why is this a classic? Why was anyone bothered by this film? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Because uh, in the past, I actually used to feel the same. I used to get really bored of it. Mm-hmm. But the older I've become, the saying, the famous saying that uh, is said by Roy, that intrigued me and the music. And I said, I need to watch this seriously one day. And to, uh, this morning was the first time I've watched it seriously because halfway through the movie, I've lost interest. And going, oh, what is this all about? Um, and that's it. I mean, the only interesting thing was when I was younger, 
was at the changing room scene when she comes out with the tits out, and that's it, really. I mean, besides that, <laughs> I thought, well, sort of... Is that when your interest <laughs> picked up? Is that, oh, hello. <laughs> nodding off. Was it, oh, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. In the past, that was it. Oh, oh hello, yeah, yeah. And then fall asleep again, but yeah. Um, but now I understand the movie better. I Yeah, it's like, like it's left an impression. And there's loads of different things as well that has uh, I've noticed. Uh, and it reminds me how the world was different in the eighties. Definitely, how mm-hmm. how how much has changed. Um, I mean, okay. okay, okay, okay. Go on, go on. I'm, I'm intrigued because how can yeah, right. Okay, go on. Okay, so <laughs> if I tell you how it's changed, like the the influence of Japan, it was at oh, its yes. peak. Yes. Now it's China. Yeah. T- TWA doesn't exist anymore. Pan Am doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and do you remember the sign TDX? I'm sure they were a cassette company. Uh, I remember having the TDX cassettes and stuff like that. So it was those sort of things. But wow! But not only that, how the world, how people imagined the world being 2019. I'm so yeah. happy it's not that dark and it's not raining all the time and so you don't live where miserable. I live. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. not, it's not miserable, but it's always raining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose that the Asian influence, obviously you picked that right from the beginning. Um and yeah, I mean I had to look that up and and um the article I read or the paragraph I read was like, well, Japan was a booming economy. It was on the up and up. And this was supposed to represent a kind of like, you know, everyone was um, a diverse society all coming together and stuff. And they wanted to portray that with, since Japan was in the current zeitgeist at the time, they wanted to portray that in the film, et cetera. So yeah, I understand what you're saying there. Cause now Japan, I mean, you don't really hear much about Japan anymore, do you? No. Because I remember as a kid, everyone, all the finance uh, people wanted to go to Japan. Anyone wanted to be uh, follow Japanese. The cars were also getting better from Japan. In those days, wow. I mean, if you had a Japanese car, they were the only ones who could challenge the Germans in those days. It was that sort of stuff, uh, economically and uh, engineering. And at one point, they even overtook the USA as the largest economy in the world for, I think, about two years before everything came tumbling down. But wow, I just um, you know that scene where she is running through those windows and the neon mm. lights. That mm. was very much the Japan of the eighties. That scene. That's how the shots were like in Japan at that time. Still is. Still is yeah. very much like that. Yeah. 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 Interesting observation. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. that reminds you of of the eighties and how different it was in the eighties. Yeah, and the attitude of uh, how they imagined will be in, uh, the world would be in the two thousands. Yeah, I did find that funny when it, this was based in two thousand nineteen, and yeah. I thought, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, good in a way. Although with the advancements of artificial intelligence that are going on at the moment, yeah. used to say that replicants can't become a thing. We're just maybe five to ten years too late. Who knows? Or uh, I think, uh, yeah. Or it's a warning to us, make sure we have AI, but we stop at a certain point. Can't, though. That's the thing with AI is that, yeah. 
don't know, it's interesting what's going on in that space at the moment, it really is. I, in fact, talking about AI, I don't know if anyone saw, but on the Instagram and Twitter feed and stuff today, I posted some stuff on our feeds, some AI-generated images. Yeah, I was just putting that. stuff... I was just putting stuff Blade Runner related into um into a artificial intelligence image generator. It was coming up all kinds of crazy shit. I was like, what's this? It's nonsense. Yes. Most yeah. of it's bollocks. And you think, what? but yeah. yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, I thought, well, yeah. tinkering with this stuff. Why not? Um, let's throw up some facts then. Jack's provided some stuff here. Blade Runner has had multiple releases on Laserdisc, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, and has now been released 4K with the final cut, supervised by Ridley Scott. Well, yeah, I mean, this film's been around since the early 80s, so it's pretty much seen every technological trend possible, I suppose. You've got it real, you've got VHS tape, you've got practically everything, haven't you? I wonder if our uh, commentator has was is old enough to remember VHS. Because I think D TDK actually also had VHS tapes as well as cassettes for uh, your Walkman. Probably. Yeah. Well, what happened to Pan Am, anyway? Because they weren't bankrupt, so did right. TWA went bankrupt. Uh, it's amazing how everyone thought they'll be still around even in 2019. Well, you think about it, you've got Coca Cola and Budweiser yeah. at a um, yeah, they're still there exactly. Well, just after what's yeah. happened over in America with Budweiser, Bud Light. I don't know if you've been following that. No, I haven't. No. Uh, it's too much to go into on this movie review, but look it up after the, after this, and um, you'll okay. see that they lost about three to four billion. <laughs> three to four billion off of their um, stocks because of a marketing blunder on Bud Light. Um, so, Samir, to answer your question, Jack says he's twenty-one. Ah, uh, so Jack, you don't remember VHS then? Uh, mm -hmm. No. Um. Uh, so. As I said, I didn't really understand why this was a masterpiece. I struggled. Um, but having watched it today, I've changed my opinion. I have changed my opinion. Um, it, it, I, I suppose I like films that provoke some sort of um, feeling from me rather than just kind of, oh, that was fun. Yeah, oh, that was all right. And the bit that got me was the end, was the where um, Decker was being hunted by Roy. That made me feel like shit. I mean, what would you do if you're stuck in this dilapidated old building and you're being chased by this homicidal fucking robot thing? What? And you've got no way to defend yourself either because his gun, he lost his gun. Yeah. That was really, that really got me. I felt tight in the chest watching it. I was like, shit. But also, it was quite interesting that bit because, in a way, he's hanging from the building. And Decker mm. just goes, now you know how it feels living in fear. And yeah. if you think about it, that is one of the most powerful emotions a person can have in their life. It's the fear of dying, fear of failing, or whatever it may be. Mm. And that's why I was very keen. That few minutes, you know, where he picks it, you know, grabs him and throws him onto the building and just sits there. And then the dialogue comes long way uh, talks about um, losing memories uh, like tears in rain or whatever the mm -hmm. exact words are but what he goes through you won't imagine what I've seen uh, like water uh, 
panels or whatever he said uh, on uh, <laughs> near the moon or whatever it was, uh, or sea beams, sea beams, that's it, sea beams and what, whatever else. But that that and the music just got me the emotion. Yeah, imagine being stuck in this body, artificial intelligence body that is actually can feel everything a person, a human being can feel. But you know you've got a short life, and no one really cares, and you are actually a slave. You're only being invented to do work, and that's it. It's going back to the old days of slavery. Welcome to Western capitalism, Samir. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, it was quite an emotional feeling. It's very hard to. I don't know, it's hard to explain. It was that human emotion that got to me. Well, yeah, I mean, the replicants were, they deliberately shut them down four years before, well, within four years, because they yeah. knew that that was enough time for them to sort of slowly start to build up, and become yeah. almost sentient and, and learn emotions and stuff, which is why the kill switch was built in. So Roy's character was feeling that. And you can see that. That's why he saved Decker, is yeah. because he had this kind of emotions and all of a sudden it just kind of kicked in this empathy and he knew the body, his body was shut down at yeah. one point when he pushed that nail through his hand to try and keep, I guess, keep some sort of sense alive for a while. I think that's what it was because if you see his hands were closed, shutting and he knew yeah. if they shut, that's it. He would have been, uh, that's it dead. I think, or it would have shut. Well, down. just no use. Yeah. He knew, yeah. He knew that yeah. eventually the next step was just. So, yeah. He had to do something. Um, but also when Pris died, Pris's body, and the way that he got yeah. emotional over that, as well, the, the things were starting to kick in. Yeah. And it, I suppose the point was is that you, know, you don't want to, when you, when you get those kind of feelings, you don't want to die, do you? You just become no. scared of it, scared of death, and like all us humans are. I think, unfortunately... I'm not scared of death. Uh, well... I'm not scared of dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared of dying. Yeah. Uh, we're not in Victorian times, so I know you want to be here. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. when people say that they're, they're lying, because that, that is one weakness I'm saying that humans is, humankind is that, is the fear of dying. But unfortunately, as uh, the sort of the father of Roy and others said, what's, uh, well, in different words, what starts has to end unfortunately no one can stop that uh otherwise i think we would have stopped it and there wouldn't be that fear of dying or whatever it may be um hmm. but it was potent when it goes i always find it really emotional when it goes now it's time to die and he <laughs> died and he lets uh the uh dove go and there is a symbol of freedom and peace. He's he's free of this burden, and he's. Well, I I read, yeah. I, I read that Rutger Hauer completely improvised that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did. I've read that as and well. Really, Scott just let it go because he thought it was good, good idea. Yeah. Although, why would just catch a dove? From I didn't even see him pick it up. Did you? Just like appeared no. in one of the shots with it in his hand. It's like, what the fuck? What's he doing with that? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. It I was think a poignant point. Yeah. I think it means symbol, isn't it? A symbol of peace and freedom, I think it is. Yes, I believe it yeah. is, yeah. 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 So, that's what it was. 
but again, as you call him, the German actor. I mean, the Dutch actor was amazing. Dutch was amazing. Brilliant actor. Bloody hell, he was buffed in that movie. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, when you're an actor and he only works for, uh, sort of four to six months of the year, you, what else are you going to do? No, but he was not that big. I've seen him in other things. He was never that big. But in this movie, he's like buffed himself up. He's really worked out. But then again, I don't think he would have been believable if he was just like fair, out of shape guy. I suppose if you're a replicant, it doesn't really matter. You know, you don't have the, the physical hindrances, do you, of a human body? It no. doesn't matter if you're overweight and that, I suppose. But then if you were building robots, why would you build an overweight, obese robot? You just wouldn't, would you? You'd, you'd yeah. I suppose like God creating man, if you believe that, is that you want it God's ultimate perfection, you know, you'd want to do it right. You won't want some old beast, but you know, you think that that's not optimal. And the most horrible bit in this movie is where he crushes uh, the guy's eyes. Yeah, that was pretty. Um, I don't remember that, that being quite so vivid in the first time I watched this film, oh, but it was, um, it was quite full on, wasn't it? I mean, you really felt the pain. Not only did that. Like, Squeezing his head that way, he's pushing his thumbs in the eyes as well. Yeah, he yeah. crushed them every way, didn't he? he? Crushed the brain and everything in the eyes at mm. the same time. And you thought, hmm, that scene where Pris has got um Deckard between her legs and she's squeezing him, and then he's sort of she's turning his neck at one yeah. point, his face goes right up towards her crutch. And I thought, hold on, she's <laughs> is he, she snapped his neck. Yeah. No, it's just him turning his body around. But it, she could, have, if she wanted to kill him, she could have quite easily just gone snip. Yeah, I thought she wanted to, him to do something else though when he turned around. But uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's suggestions, but that was a yeah. bloody strong suggestion. Yeah. Although, that, was that ever covered in the film? Can these replicants feel pleasure like that? I think it was with Sean Young, uh, his uh, the Rachel character. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were almost human in every way. Yeah, yeah. It, they did, yeah. That's, <coughs> that was a problem. They were uh, starting to have them sort of feelings. Hmm. What do you think about this? This is a message from Jack. It's an interesting one. Ridley Scott has said that Deckard is a replicant. But according to Harrison Ford, he is not. That is something I picked up on towards the end of the film. And something I read about as well. Is the unicorn outside of his apartment? Yeah. The origami unicorn. Deckard picks that up, looks at it, and sort of smirks. And then that's almost the end of the film. Yeah. But how did the character Gaff, the other Blade Runner, Gaff, know to build a origami or a folder origami unicorn because yeah. at one point in the film you see Deckard on the piano he's just playing a few keys on the piano and he has this kind of like memory of a unicorn for some reason yeah flash through his head yeah that was quite strange yeah well there were hints interpretation... that he go on I was going to say, no, no, go ahead, mate. Well, the interpretation that I read into that, and I read as well, is that Gaff thought or knew that Deckard was a replicant. Otherwise, how would he have known 
about that unicorn memory in order to leave a little... And he was leaving little origami things all throughout. Yeah, he was. Wasn't he also one himself, a replicant? Oh, God, fucking everyone's a replicant now. Uh, that's it. This whole film is just about replicants. Right, replicants. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> I don't think Harrison Ford's was a uh, replicant, but you know the guy who said, oh, now you're a man. You've, you've finished and threw his gun at the end. Uh, the guy with the hat. I always forget his name. Yeah, yeah, Gaff. That was the, Gaff, yeah, the, that was the other Blade Runner, Gaff, yeah. I, don't th I think he was the replicant, not Harrison Ford. <laughs> Everyone's a fucking replicant. I'm a I replicant now. <laughs> um, I can tell but, from your eyes, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've replicant. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought it was interesting and, and worth bringing up because I don't think. Well, then you've got Blade Runner. What was it twenty forty five that was yeah. released recently? Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford stars in that film. Yeah, so he can't be Kenny because he can't he's be dead. no. Oh. No, I think so. What was Ridley was, Scott on about then? I think Ridley Scott changed his mind up going shit. I need Harrison for this movie. He's just a shit stare though, isn't he, Ridley Scott? I reckon that's what it is. He's just a he's a professional right. troll. Probably. Don't forget. <laughs> don't forget. It's good PR for his movie. So you come out mm. with some shit, and about thirty odd years later, or whatever it was, you basically make another movie, and Harrison Ford's in. He goes, "Yeah, but you said he's this. No, he's human, really." What did you think of uh, Rachel Sean Young as an actress? Well, her performance. Um... If I was Deckard, the way that she spoke to him, I would have said, you're a replicant. Yeah. There was no real sort of emotion, particularly. Yeah. And I, I thought it was kind of obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a big secret or not in the, in the beginning parts of these films. I but think it was it, meant to be secret to her, but not him. Because he already yeah. knew, I think. Uh but she started looking more human once she uh, put her uh, sort of undid her hair. Um, yeah, she was one of the. Um, when I mean, what did you think of her actress? I don't mean, did you think, oh yeah, you know, she's nice, or whatever. Um, yeah, I think she's fairly attractive. Not sort of woman I would lust after. She, you know, there's some. There's, there's different. There's different categories of women. There's women that you find attractive and you feel sort of think quite demure and quite feminine you think hmm yeah quite like her and there's other women that just look dirty and you just want to do stuff to them and there's other women that you're just not interested in you just think no not my type sorry and I'd say Sean Young's in between the yeah. no nah, not interested and hmm she's quite attractive and quite feminine and whatnot and what's her name wasn't it uh, Del... Daryl Hannah Daryl Hannah uh, Daryl Hannah, I've always had a thing for Daryl Hannah, even since I was a kid. When yeah. I, the first time I ever watched Splash when I was a kid, it was on one of the terrestrial channels over here in the UK. And, um, you know, she was like naked on the beach, walking up the beach, and you could see her completely naked and had that beautiful long blonde hair and stuff. And there was other scenes in Splash as well. It was quite revealing. And, um, yeah, ever since then, it's just left an imprint in my brain. So Daryl Hannah, I've always, always liked um, she left a, that sort of print in my brain from Wall Street because she was in that. Mm -hmm. And not only that, uh, Robbie Williams felt the same as us and he actually made a video with her. Who? Robbie Williams. Oh, God. I thought about him for donkey's years. 
Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, we... <coughs> Daryl Hannah's just got a way. I like her sort of um, her feminine charm in all the movies that she's in. You ever seen the film Roxanne? No. No? Oh, my God. Well, she's awesome in that. Okay, Again, she runs it. around naked in that, and it's just fucking phenomenal. Anyway. Anyway, enough of uh, the nakedness. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, what, what about the other... I forgot the other actress's name, who basically was uh, dancing. Oh, she played Zora, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, why, I tell you what, why don't they bring up the IMDb page? Bugger me. Because she was the only one who really got naked out of all the attractive women. Aye. Uh, right, okay, so look. Uh, Harrison Ford, Decker, obviously. Sean Young, Rachel, yes. Um, Zora, Joanna Cassidy. There you go. Yes, Joanna Cassidy played Zora. Yeah, that was a strange old, uh, strange old situation. It was quite good thinking on his feet there, old Deckard as well, with it, um, asking her if she'd been exploited in some way. I mean, actually, if you think about it, that's actually quite prophetic, isn't it? Because now we live in an age where we get trigger warnings on movies and uh, university yeah. students get um, little special notes and warnings about how certain subjects like archaeology may contain, may contain images of human remains and stupid shit like that. So yeah, it's quite prophetic, really, that there's a guy walking around saying, oh, have you ever been exploited in any way? And it was supposed to be based in 2019. Oh, and amazing. It was made in 1982. Yeah, so they got that bit right. Yep. Everyone's little, just stupid, pathetic, limp dick snowflake these days. They got that right. Yep. Joanna Cassidy. Is she related to the Cassidys? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the music, music people. Uh, I <laughs> Because no, because there, I think uh, there was also an uh, actor called something Cassidy, and I think he was their dad or something. So I don't know if this lady is related to them or their cousin or something. That's right. The very lovely, vivacious, and smart-looking Joanna Cassidy was born in Camden, New Jersey, and raised in nearby Haddonfield, a borough located in Camden County. She grew up in a creative environment as the daughter and granddaughter of artists. At an early age, she engaged in painting and sculpture and went, no. So the answer is no. No. Anyway, she still looks pretty good there. Yeah. Dear, oh dear. I thought she looked a bit masculine, actually. Sort of yeah, in that, yeah, in, yeah, in that movie she did, yeah. Mm. But I think that was because she was meant to be. But I, you can't change immutable characteristics. Bitch. You've got square jewellery, <laughs> you haven't. You either look slightly masculine or you don't. No, in that it doesn't. Yeah, but yeah, she did in that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, they had hmm. the technology then, mate. You could change it. Well, here's, a, here's a little bit from Jack here. Um, the unicorn dream sequence was cut from the theatrical cut in the United States, but put back in the film in the director's cut. So that's why it was there. It's still confusing. It's still confusing. It's a little, there's a lot of confusion in this film, but that's not such a bad thing. I. I don't, I've said it before in these movie reviews, I don't necessarily want everything explained to me. No. So um, I'm quite happy to sit here thinking, what the fuck was that about? Because it just adds to the whole ambiance of the whole film, doesn't it? Do you like the fashion in this movie? That was quite interesting. Was there really any fashion, though? I don't really remember. 
No, it's like the see-through coat or the plastic oh, coat. Oh, God, you're, you on about, you're on about Zora again. You're just like yeah. that because of the tits. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, it's just <laughs> not. It's, oh, Jesus. You're, in, you're, you're thinking about your tits all the time. <laughs> I'm not fucking thinking about it. You don't want to see <laughs> I'm talking about the see-through coat. Yeah, no, okay. And the sort of coat um, Gus was wearing and or Gas or whatever his name was wearing as well. Yeah. Yeah, and a little bow tie and the fedora. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. a fedora, was it? It was a, a trilby hat type of thing. Uh, yeah, I and Harrison Ford's. Harrison Ford's. It was so 80s, like that little tie. And... It was just brown, just shades yeah. of brown, wasn't it? It's yeah. just, <laughs> it sort of blended into the environment. If anything, it was urban camouflage. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't really think much about the, um, the outfits and stuff and... and Old costumes and whatnot, because it just didn't really seem to be. Yeah, I suppose the, I suppose the real standout one would would have been Sean Young, Rachel's character, when she when you first see her, oh, the and she's wearing dress. that sort of black sort of pencil thin dress. You know that. Yeah, that's quite with a pocket. Iconic, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Um, something generally, Blade Runner. It's one of the highest rated films I think in the world ever. Eighty one yeah. critic. 89 critic review, not 89%. Yeah. 91% from the audience. And you can't really argue with that, can you? It's, uh... No. And we that, should that probably... Is... Go on. That is amazing, because normally the critics... Any movie that critics say that the the audience go opposite and it's the other way around, the um, audience like the critics don't like it, and it's the first time I've seen that both are so close scores. Hmm. Yeah. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say about the, the influence this film has had on on just so much sci-fi stuff. The, the, the steampunk, the... It, this really was a trendsetter. This is just so many films. I, I mean, I could probably... You know, the closest that, that I think has come to this was a TV series on Netflix mm-hmm. um, called Altered Carbon. Okay. Um, first season was I thought was fucking brilliant. Second season was dog shit. But Altered Carbon on Netflix, um, very very much like this, very much. Yeah. Not always raining, not always in the dark though. Did have some daylight and some sunshine, which was quite nice. Yeah, that 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 basically made me feel so miserable when I saw yeah. that because it was always dark, raining. And another thing, it was like. LA, but it was like Tokyo because you get those mm. uh, Japanese restaurants on the street and you get loads of those in Tokyo. If you remember, we did Black Rain and they do have those in virtually mm. every corner. And I thought, okay, so they've basically mishmashed LA up with uh, Tokyo in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it might be Beijing in the modern version if they did it. Uh... <laughs> well, Blade Runner 2045, that's the most recent. Oh yeah, that's got some light in it and snow in it. I, I I've, uh, from the trailers I've seen, so it's completely different to what Blade Runner is. It, it would be interesting to to, to watch that because I've never seen Blade Runner twenty forty five. But I've been reading about it, and there's a lot of like, original Blade Runner fans that are saying it actually is pretty good. Okay, because it's mm. very hard to follow up a legendary movie like Blade Runner. I mean, there's very few sequels that have equaled the first one. I mean, the only one I can think of that is 
completely different genre who's managed to be as good or even better. And you know what yeah. I'm going to say. No, sorry, I was just looking at Jack's just corrected me. Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Or 2045. <laughs> 45, 49. Not, not that much difference, is there? Um, yeah. Um, it's the Godfather uh, 1 and 2. That's the only two movies I can think of that the, the sequel has been as good or better than the first one. Mm. So I'm happy to watch it, but I'm, before I'm going to change the subject suddenly, Harrison Bloody Ford. Yeah. Mark Humble was meant to be the big star of Star Wars. Didn't do Hamill or Humble or Hamill, whatever his name no, Mark, is. No, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Uh, See, he tells you how much sure. I know. I'm 100% sure his name's Mark Hamill. Yeah. Okay, Mark Hamill. But I'll call him humble because he is humble. Not He's not. He's a fucking left-wing lunatic on Twitter. But anyway. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yes. It's amazing how he was the star of Star Wars and he went out and tried to get rid of the Luke Skywalker uh, image and did one or two movies which were okay but weren't mega hits. Mm-hmm. While Harrison Ford managed to get out of Han Solo and does got great movies like this, and becomes Indiana Jones and ends up having a massive career uh, in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah valid right. point. Yeah, <laughs> Jack, that's correct. No, but what I'm trying to say, what yeah, yeah, what I'm trying to say, Jack, is outside the Star Wars trilogy or movies. Mark is not a big star. How is some food no, managed just, to get it? Yeah, yeah, nothing. I, I can't. I think there's one. I, I can remember a cameo role of Mark Hamill in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, where he played a character called Cockknocker. That's <laughs> that's that's where he's got to in his career. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like Harrison Ford got out of being Han Solo. He, yep, mm. I'm going to push myself. I want to be something in this industry. And he gets parts like this in Indiana Jones. Well, the thing is, Mark um, Harrison Ford is that he was in a few movies before Star Wars. He, so he had the bit, he had the yeah, he had the, he had car, the edge of a Mark Hamill. But he also was a carpenter because he his career before that wasn't that successful, yeah. uh, mm. and he didn't want to go back. Being a carpenter, he just wanted to be a movie star, so he pushed it. I think. Well, why not? You can yeah. work four to six months of the year and get paid a fortune. Yeah. I know what I'd rather do. But yeah, be a carpenter, I know. Be a carpenter, yeah. There's no <laughs> wrong with being a carpenter. It's a good, nope. honest trade. Work your hands, you actually do something. You, you produce something as a carpenter. Exactly. Whereas a movie yeah. star, we do it. Just pretending to be other people for a living. That's not a way to make, a, way to make money, is it? Pretending nah. to be something else. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree with you. And plus, you get six months' holiday if you're a carpenter. As a movie star, you're always working to pay off the mortgage. Uh, Mark Hamill was on Criminal Minds in the final two hour finale. Criminal Minds. Uh, I think, Jack, uh, what I'm trying to say, he didn't become a super mega star in Hollywood. Harrison Ford is probably. From my age group and uh, pools, is probably in the, one of the top ten megastars or superstars from the from the era, basically, and still is in the top twenty stars in the world, probably. I'm more interested in what the fuck Criminal Minds was. 
I think it was a TV series, wasn't it? I yeah, I know Criminal Minds. Yeah, the um, girlfriend absolutely loved that. They have like a hundred seasons or something. It just went on forever. <laughs> like most American TV shows, they just go on forever. You know, they really do jump the shark. Unfortunately, American TV shows like twenty-four seasons. You're like, fuck What? How many? And the really good ones, after six or seven seasons, they get rid of them. Well, yeah. Well, in the case of Firefly, one season. Yeah. I suppose you've ever seen Firefly, have you? That's a good sign. No. Is it? Yeah. Anyway, so what do you think about the visual style, anyway? I mean, Blade Runner's unique visual style, heavily influenced by film noir and futuristic aesthetic. Loved it. I loved it. Oh, it was really good, yeah. It's yeah. like for an 80s film. Yeah. It was really convincing. You know how they sort of uh, fly in that flying car above LA? Mm. It's so well done. Uh, but at the same time, it makes me laugh that they thought we'll be there advanced in 2019 where all of us will be in flying cars. I think we're just getting uh, uh, EV cars and hydrogen cars. We're just about there. Yeah, and they're mm. mostly shit as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's amazing how technology hasn't advanced. Have you seen that? You've seen those clips on Twitter and Facebook of people with like little mini petrol generators in the back of their electric vehicles. No, I've really I haven't yeah. seen that. <laughs> I think some I think some of them are set up, but some of them are true. Where people carry a petrol generator in the back of the car, so they're just petrol so they're using the generator to charge the electric car up whilst pouring petrol into it. Yes. <laughs> Guess, yeah. Um, yeah, it's hilarious. Um, some of them are obviously fake and set up, but yeah, someone's got to have done that, <laughs> yeah. But so, electric vehicles, yeah, mostly dog shit at the moment. Um, definitely nowhere near flying cars. No, shame would have been fun. Well, possibly, you probably end up with so many accidents, mate. Half half a dozen people every day uh, fall out of the sky because of a collision yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So no, it's not a good idea. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Jack's mentioned the Tyrell Company HQ miniature model. Yeah, I thought that what was really interesting about the Tyrell Corporation HQ is that it was a pyramid, and I thought that was very um, sort of subliminal messaging there. Um. And the yeah, guy being right at the top. Yeah, well, the guy being right at the top of the pyramid as well. Yeah. But his glasses were funny. That made me <laughs> a little worried about that. Yeah. I mean, did you see? There, okay, there was an 80 style, the big ones, but it was the thickness in the middle, the lines. I sort of think, mm. wow, uh, what's going on here? Um, is he trying to make a fashion statement? <laughs> Her thick yeah. glasses makes you look more intelligent. You know, what I thought was odd about that is that all it took was a couple of chess moves and that engineer, I can't remember his name now. Sebastian. Stevenson. Sebastian. Sebastian, yeah. Um, what it took was a couple of chess moves and he just let him straight on up. You know, so no security, nothing like that. Yeah. You know, just straight up. Yeah. Bishop to night five, whatever the fuck it was. All right, yeah, come on in. Oh, I brought a mate with me. He's going to kill you. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Be fine. yeah, he knew. Yeah, I think he knew that he was going to kill him the moment he saw him. Uh, but other thing is, I'm sure I've seen a version where they actually show that Sebastian does get chased around and he gets killed. And this one doesn't show. 
No, I suppose it's just implied. You don't really need to see it. I think I've seen a version where he does get killed. I think I've seen bits, a bit of it, where he does get killed, and they show how he gets killed. It's all worth watching anyway. It's quite uh, sickening. Um, so yeah, I mean, oh. I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking forward to that that scene. When that scene came, I had to look away, especially when he started crushing the guy's skull and put his fingers in a foot. Bloody hell! Um, if you remember, I think it was in Skyfall, one of the Bond movies, last Bond movies that happened as well, where a Spectre meet up uh, in Rhyme and uh, Mr. Muscles uh, crushes someone's eyes. And I, I had to look away. It's just one of those scenes that, oh, bloody, it puts shivers <laughs> up my spine, mate. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, not, yeah, it's quite a, a brutal, kind of primal way of killing someone, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you shoot someone, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're you're slightly detached from it, aren't you? But when you're really when you're really like snapping someone's neck or something yeah. like that, um, that's really brutal. That is, you've got to mean it, and there's yeah. got to be something in your brain that makes you continue to do that because we're built not really to hurt each other, are we? We have empathy, you know. It's like yeah. I'm really pissed off of you, but I'm gonna kill you. Actually, fuck it, no, I'm not. This is that, you know, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but. To, Follow through with that. You've got to really want to mean it. Yeah. And Jack said, "Mr. Hinks, Inspector." Yeah. So, to your last reference, yeah, it's horrible. Psychopedic brain. I don't remember that. In fact, I barely remember Spectre. The only thing I remember is the Eston Martin in that scene, uh, and that's as a Bond friend. So Most of those Bond a... movies, unfortunately, yeah. they just sort of just go, they just sort of wash over me. Unfortunately, I remember bits, but. I ain't got fucking clue Mr. Hinks is. Uh, as I said, to me, the Bond movies ended in the 80s. That's it. I mean, after that, I don't think they were really Bond movies. But anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see how, if, uh, if you're interested, you can see or listen to our Bond movie reviews on, on this channel. Yeah. They're not very good. I'm bothered by you. Um, that's watching them and watching our reviews. Yeah, because they made me from a big fan to criticise virtually Bond yeah. movies. You like used to love Bond until me and Justin got involved, and it's like, you know what? Fuck Bond, it's shit. But, yeah. So, what do you think of the soundtrack on this? Oh my! Wow, amazing! I love it. That, that's that, that's another reason why I love this movie. You, there, there's something happens. I mean, there's one. There's some of the tracks I, I don't get, like the the Middle Eastern track. I don't get in it. Okay. No, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> the there was some okay. sort of uh, gladiator, Middle Eastern sort of uh, that Roman sort of slash Middle Ages, Middle Eastern sort of track. But you know the the actual main theme. Mm. That to me was wow, especially when he makes a sort of speech in the end, sort of thing. And on YouTube, I'll watch that sometimes on, in HD, and it's just got that special effect. Hmm. And it, 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 and he's right; all those memories do disappear in life because, okay, yeah, when we are not here, one generation might remember us, maybe a second, but after that, everything starts fading away. Days if we're well, lucky. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, there was a lot of truth in what that guy said. Yeah. Um, you might appreciate the music genre of synthwave if you like this music. 
Well, okay. Yeah, yeah I might I might send you like a synthwave playlist or something because um, uh, I've been listening to synthwave for a number of years, and it, it's it, it it's hard to explain. If you grew up, although we were only kids in the eighties, yeah. if you grew up in the eighties and you listen to the synthwave music that's being produced now. Yeah. It's, it brings back a, a strange nostalgia. It is very odd. And you've, I always listen to Synthwave when I feel a bit pissed off with stuff because it brings, it happy, brings happy me moment. up. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that song? Yes. Or something like that. Yeah. Oh, shit. What? Yes. I do remember what was that? I remember it, but I never remember the name of it. And it was one of those things that is always back on my mind from the eighties. And it feels like yesterday. God, I've heard of. You know the one I'm talking about, that, don't yeah, you? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I listened to that recently as well. I listened to it during lockdown. That was the first time I listened it to it in 35 plus years. Jack's just popped up and said that, yeah, Ven Vangelis, apparently Vangelis or, or Vangelis, I don't know how you pronounce that, apparently it was a Greek, he was a Greek musician, yeah. so he did the soundtrack, and uh, 2049, Han Hans Zimmer, I mean, you can't go wrong with Hans Zimmer. No, and Vangelis uh, did uh, a, the soundtrack for Dis the Discovery of the New World, 1492, you know that one? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? No. Okay. That's me sort of uh, doing all these tunes and I don't even... Pause <laughs> mm. game. What the hell is... <laughs> What's going on with you, Samir? I've got a note here about ambiguity. Right? Mm -hmm. So Blade Runner is famous for its amb amb ambiguous nature as it leaves many questions unanswered and allows for multiple interpretations. This has led to enduring discussions and debates among fans and scholars. Fans and scholars. Wow. Keeping the film relevant and fascinating decades after its release. Wow. Well, I there suppose we're one... talking about it now, aren't we? So. Yeah. But there is one question I want to ask. And mm. it was the, the ending. The door shuts, him and Rachel escape. But Rachel's programmed to die after four years. What happens? Does he manage well, to just, send it? Just chop her in and get a new one, didn't you? Hmm, maybe, but you know what that's I'm trying to my, say? Yeah, I know what you're trying to say, but that's one of my questions here, actually, is, um, uh, where is it? Uh, bollocks, I wrote it down here. Where is it? Um, would you? Would you um, shag a replicant? Aren't they thinking about that uh, with uh, AI in some of these uh, famous places? I've heard that um, in documentaries I've been watching uh, on uh, Discovery Channel and stuff like that. They were talking about introducing them sort of stuff in Amsterdam and places like that and Prague and places like that. For, there are uh, sex robots, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the next, the ne potentially the next thing, sex robots. I know you get sex dolls at the moment, yeah. proper real-life type thing, supposedly. Um, yeah. And the next thing, yeah, so it's sex robots. I mean, the thing is about... That is that surely that should be every man's dream, shouldn't it? Is that you could have like this, yeah, whatever your fantasy is, 
you program it into a machine. It's built for you. It has the personality traits that you want. And that's so, it. Yeah, true. It would be a every man's dream. In fact, uh, there's, a, there's a guy that I work with who said that once AI gets into robots, you know, yeah. female robots, that, that's it. He's going to dump the girlfriend. <laughs> But also at the same time, yeah, it, it could fulfil all your sexual fantasies. Like you may want to do different, I don't know, positions. I don't know what, or different sort of, uh, I don't know, fantasies you may have. Dressing up in yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, moving um, on, yeah, 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 moving on. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say, yeah. But you're att you're detaching from that human feeling that you would have your, with your girlfriend because the AI robot wouldn't have that. And that is well, the yeah, essential exactly. connection that humans have. And this is the thing that we're trying to prevent from these robots or AI robots having in the movie. But Deckard fell in love with Rachel, who was a replicant. So yeah. how would you know? And that's the thing, is that... Well, she you was the advanced know. version, wasn't she? She was even more advanced than the, the prototype, the yeah. 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 Well. Yeah, but still, you know, if there's a market for it... The only thing I can see... The problem being with that, of course, is is that yeah, I suppose it would be kind of fun for a while. You know, if it, maybe it'd be like cars on higher purchase. You know, after every year or a couple of years, you just trade them in for a new one. Yeah. It would be kind of fun and interesting. But yeah, we're on a downward death spiral in terms of reproduction in Western civilization. Anyway, do we really need sex robots to 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 progress it even more? Because let's face it, most of us men given the option of having to put effort into actually maintaining a relationship with a human female or just have some sort of sex robot that wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be an issue, you know, just yeah. do all the domestic chores and just shake it like a prostitute each night if you wanted it. Yeah. Well, it would be very difficult not to go for that option <laughs> for, for most men. It'd be very difficult. But then but, you're not you're not reproducing, are you? You're not. No. So you're just killing human kind, aren't you? Really? Exactly. Yeah. You're just you're speeding up the extinction of the human race. Yeah. So I think it's not a good idea, personally. Mm. Uh, maybe if you want to replace them in red light districts with those, because at the moment you've got people who are in that position as well. Hmm. Um, ah, find out what happened to Rachel. You need to watch Blade Runner. Oh. Uh, Jack says you need to watch Blade Runner 2049 to find out what happened to Rachel. Yeah, cool. I, I bet Rachel's, uh, um, what's his, uh, the new guy who's taken over as Blade Runner 2049 is probably his mother or something like that. Or something <laughs> twisty's going to happen, isn't it? Well, can replicants reproduce? That's another question. Then your argument would die, wouldn't it, really? What it would be, yeah, about? but then would it be sort of a hybrid... Kind of transhuman type, yeah. Thing, uh, I personally think it, it it would be too strange. Really, you need that human connection. Yeah. And why am I keep on doing a Donald Trump and doing that? Uh, you know, you know. <laughs> we have tiny hands. <laughs> my hands are pretty. The funny thing is, my hands are pretty big. So uh, that's the difference mm. between me and him. You know what they say about big hands, big ears. Yeah. Mm. Did you notice that most of the cars that were on the road on this were sort of 1950s style? 
Yes, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like Cuba was Cuba was in there as well. Yeah, Yeah. it was weird. uh, Odd that you got these flying things, these, and then you got these like fifties type cars that are just being kept running. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if there were EV versions of those fifties cars. I thought so. Yeah, but yeah, the rain just depressed me. The darkness just depressed me. That movie. I don't know if I told you. I actually made that speech uh, in the local council. I did give Blade Runner as an example when I did the environment thing. But I won't go into it too much. And I did say, "Do we want these memories? Uh, I like uh, them to disappear like tears in the rain." And I got applause for it. Everyone goes bravo. Afterwards, they said, you're very poetic. And I said, no, not really. Um, I was ripped off Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Must give it. People are crying. Oh, yes. That was, that was amazing. I'm so touched. <laughs> Just ripped off Blade Runner. I oh, right, and walked up, dried their eyes and walked off. Oh, okay, mate, you're not that good, are you? Yeah. But I love that. Uh, see, the, the thing is, it's, it's going through all. This movie goes through all human emotions: love, fear. Uh, you know how how it feels when you kill someone, because you could tell that um, Decker didn't like it when he killed the first one, and he was doing his, you know, trying to undo his tie and going, "Oh shit, I've killed that person, but I'm only well... going to do it." Possibly, yeah. I mean, it was, wasn't there a period of time where Deckard was retired as well before he got called back into action? Yeah, so he had. I think he'd been, he'd been out of the game for a little while, so it was kind of the first time he'd been back on the job for a while. But they say, don't they, um, if you've been a police officer or a murderer, doesn't matter if you've been retired or whatever, <laughs> killing is second nature, isn't it? Or something, especially the second, uh, the le- lesser than the first example. So, yeah, so he was a bounty hunter, basically. Killing someone must be a second nature for a bounty hunter, even if they retire, I feel. So I was quite surprised. So there is something there deeper saying that humankind may kill to say, uh, save other people, but they have that feeling of feeling guilty. That's why I got and feel bad that I've harmed someone, even though it's well, a rubbish. Well, this thing is a skin suit, isn't it? So, yeah, should he really been having those emotions at all? Who knows? Yeah, empathy. And he was even drinking black robots. Yeah, and he basically was drinking black Daniels, I think. Black Daniels. Jack Daniels, <laughs> not Jack Daniels, Black Label, Black Label, sorry, Black Daniels, Black Label. <laughs> sure, I met him once, Black Daniels, bought me a pint. He's all he right. did, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a new whiskey brand that is coming out, Black Daniels. <laughs> Black Daniels. In fact, you know, that gives me an idea, Black Daniels from 1188. Yeah, yeah. Spiced well, whiskey. Let's sort it out. Let's get a little black uh, as your hat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get black a little Daniels. distillery going. <laughs> black Daniels. A distinct brew for the refined yeah. gentleman, Black Daniels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, black I don't really have much more to say about this film. 
uh, the bottles were funny. They were little all squared. Uh, every time we got a whiskey bottle, <laughs> sorry, I just noticed that in the glasses, <laughs> quite big square, different, yeah, 1980s style. Mm. Yeah. Well, I suppose actually that it, it's easier for storage and packing and logistics, isn't it? To have square things, rectangular things, because they stack nicer. Yeah. So that could be why the bottles were interpreted that way in this film. Because everything was about convenience. It was just mass manufactured type of group. I mean, even that um, Voight machine that they had, yeah. it was all sort of pieced together. It was very, um, it was almost like some sort of Russian, what you'd expect from sort of a communist block. It was just kind of bolted together loosely and some particular manufactured. No, the Voigt machine. The um, I can't remember the, the full name of it now. The Voigt something machine that they were oh, using you to mean the phone. replicants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. With the eye, yeah, I think. Yeah, it did look like it. It just felt like it was just put together in a garage or somewhere like that. It was like made out of Meccano or something. It was awful. What did you think of his computer at, at his home uh, with the little photograph coming out? Because at the time you had those cameras where you could have instinct photos. <laughs> I like the voice recognition on that. That's fucking awesome. I mean, I don't think I could even talk to Google or Siri about that. No. Like that, you know, that natural conversation that it had, you know, thank you, Jack, the Voight contest. So look at that. I want to actually um Voight, what was it? Voight Kampf. There you go. Voight Kampf test, also referred to as the VK was an interrogation procedure used by special police officers known as Blade Runners to determine if a suspect was human or replicant. It is similar to the real-world polygraph. In the film, we see Holden and Deckard perform the test in two separate situations. Voigt Kempf. Mm-hmm. And not only yeah. that, did you see the, the first hold, the police officer who was doing the test first? His cigarette looked like a marijuana joint or something, allegedly. I didn't spot that, no. <laughs> no, it looked like a joint, yeah. I wouldn't know these things, but I, I'm just like guessing it looked like one because it was too thick. So I'm going to finish up with the influence mm-hmm. that this film has had. So Blade Runner has had a profound impact on science fiction and popular culture. Its visuals, okay. themes and ideas have influenced countless films, books and video games, making it a touchstone for the cyberpunk genre and beyond. Wow. Yes. Mm, my own words. Genuinely, my own words. Then, <laughs> anyway, um, which magazine did you rip that off? Well, no, Rolling when, Stone. I put, when I put my mind to it, I'm actually quite good with the old words. Although I say fuck quite a lot, you know, not bad, not bad. Yeah. Um, so, should we wrap this up then? Yep, we should. Yep, we need okay. to score it. We do. Yeah. So, go on in. What are your scores on this? I'm going to give it a nine, I think. A nine? Okay. It's just left that little emotional sort of feeling. It also brought some good memories back of the 80s as well. Uh, yeah. It, you know, I don't see Pen M, we never see. TWA, you never see. Um, TDX, they're gone. Don't see that name anymore. Um, that sort of his computer 
and the photographs, instant photograph, remind me of those folk, uh, little cheap cameras you used to get, where you could get instant photographs. Were they the? Were they the? That ones the round discs where you slide in the round disc and you just went and it would switch. Yeah, yeah it was something it was similar. It, it, they were shaped similar way. The, the 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 actual shape of the camera was very similar to the one where you put round a disc sort of thing and different mm. colors. But the only difference was that was a artificial. The one you're talking about, I think, it was a toy one. This was a yeah. real camera with um, things, uh, little photographs coming oh, out at the end. Of the yes, yeah. Insta yeah, instant photographs. Yeah, yeah, you know the one yeah. I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw that, and that sort of brought that back. And it was the Japanese influence because I, I remember how crazy people were about Japan in the 80s, and it's just amazing how the world has changed when no one even talks about Japan anymore, really. In the same breath as they used to. Uh, no, I mean the last thing I read about Japan is that their birth rate is declining even worse than Western civilizations. Yes, and uh, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. It just uh, what, what is the word I'm looking for when you bring memories back? Uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah, it was nostalgia to me, and that's why I'm giving it a nine. And not only that, okay. I love the music. Uh, that main thing. It just uh, hit the emotion in me like my heart. I don't know what it is. It's hard to explain, but yeah. The message. Mm, okay. I'll give it an 8 out of 10 because um, it made me feel something. I did feel genuinely quite anxious when um, Roy was chasing Decker through that that sort of old apartment block. Um, and I suppose... To what you said about not some sort of nostalgia and that this was an 80s film. I would have been, what, maybe three or four at the time that this film was being produced and was, was rolled out in the cinemas. Um, yeah, it does make you sort of pine for an age, a you know, different age, especially with the way that the world is going at the moment. You kind of, you almost want to get in a time machine and just piss off back to 80s or just well, any other time but now. Um so it was a little bit of that, I suppose. And the fact that, you know, Harrison Ford, seeing Harrison Ford in this as well, I mean, the guy, he just does well in every film he's in, Harrison Ford. I don't think I've, I can't think of a bad film he's been in. No, um, and I think he, not only that, I think he, in real life he's a genuine nice guy as well. I think Harrison Ford, and that comes across as well in most of his movies. And you're right, he does well in every movie he makes. He does well. Hmm. Uh, the only complaint I have at the moment out of Harrison Ford is he's trying to create Indiana Jones and uh, try to play Han Solo when he's past it. I mean, they're the only two characters I wouldn't like him to play again, but he's going to play. He's playing. He's played both of them. But besides that, he's a legend. I really like Harrison Ford. I wouldn't mind Harrison if you're ever around in England. Let us know. We'd like to meet you. You're <laughs> pretty decent actor. I like your acting. Well, I like his acting. I don't know about him as an individual. Um, I've seen him on stage recently going on about stuff. But um, Jack gives it a 10 out of 10. Fair enough. And Jack, Jack rightly points out this film was released in 1982. Uh, yeah. So, not a bad one. Not bad. No, no. Jack, you weren't even around when it came out. You're only 21. Don't no. remember the 80s. <laughs> 
No, I don't think he's pretending to either. But um, he doesn't. Um, he barely remembers the '90s. Well, he wouldn't remember the '90s, would he? <laughs> the 1980s, I don't remember them too much. Obviously, the latter, no. mid mid to late '80s, I remember. Yeah. And um, yeah. I remember the music being pretty damn good. Yes. Yeah. Um, my family was on the up and up. Same here. Yeah. A bit more money coming into the household. Um, the country was up and coming up. Yeah. Computers were coming mainstream. I remember getting my first computer in the 80s, learning how to program basic games and stuff. Yeah. The green screens. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's leave it there then. So yeah. thanks for um, thanks for watching. Um, thanks, Jack, for the comments. Almost appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Um, and... I guess we'll be back next week. So let's, let's let's say it right here and now that next week we will watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay. Yep. Yeah, deal. Yeah. So let's follow it on with the sequel. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. And I'm um, going to remember, know what happened to Rachel as well. Well, yeah. Just interested in the whole replicant isn't a replicant thing with Deckard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's just do that. Um. Yeah. If you don't have time to watch then you can always listen to us we do have a podcast everywhere you can join us on social media get involved and hurl insults at us it's always fun um <laughs> and we're here every sunday with films from the 70s and 80s and whatever decade whatever floats our boat that week yeah so i don't know what to say really but um good night for me good night for me <laughs> And on that bombshell, let's get out of here.